Hello and welcome back to Sermol Vulgaris, a podcast where we unfuck classics so you don't have to. It's just John now, and this week's episode is titled, I Have a Screwdriver and Will to Live. Get it? It's a callback to last season. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of Mayhem, Madness, and, believe it or not, the occasional moment of enlightenment, also known as Sermo Vulgaris. And wow, I really missed you guys. <laughs> it was a really weird month not doing, like, any Sermo stuff, and it cannot be understated how happy I am to be back recording and, uh, just... Hanging out, my dudes. Now, you might have noticed something a little bit different about this week's set. And if you have, congratulations. You're very observant. (laughs) That big, cataclysmic difference is, of course, the lack of Jack and Leia. If you haven't seen the Gaslight Goodbye Girlboss episode, a title I am very proud of, both of them have unfortunately moved on from Sermo Vulgaris to pursue other things, and I wish them nothing but the best. If you'd like to keep up with them, you can find Jack at Classic Students Union on TikTok or Delian Dweeb on YouTube, and Leia at Leia's Estrada on Instagram or Spiders underscore George on TikTok. And if you're tuning into this podcast for the first time, or have simply forgotten who I am, no problem. I'm John, a classics and classical civilization undergrad here at the University of Toronto, who you might know a little bit better as Shelley underscore stands on Instagram. I am very excited to be hosting season two of this wonderful, wonderful podcast alone, though I suspect I won't be too alone for long. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh god, that's so fucking stupid. Anyway, before I get into today's inaugural episode, I want to turn the attention over to Sermo's parent entity, the Classic Students Union here on TikTok. Wait, no, sorry. (laughs) The Classic Students Union here at U of T, the U of TikTok, for some very exciting news. We had an election! And that means we have a new president who's going to introduce herself to us and talk a little bit about our mission here on the podcast. So let's turn over and hear what she has to say. Hello, friends. My name is Sarah Florio, and I am the president of Class U for the 2021-2022 academic year. I'm currently in third year, and I'm double majoring in Latin and classical civilizations. I've been on Class U since I was in first year, but I've been studying classics since I was 15. I joined Class U in first year because I wanted to find a classics community at U of T after leaving my high school classics club, and I fell in love with this community of people who were committed to making classics accessible, and I wanted to be a part of that. Now I'm the president. Our mission at Class U is to make classics more accessible and create a welcoming community within the classics department, as U of T can be very isolating and intimidating at times. We do this through events like academic seminars and movie nights, and through outreach initiatives toward the broader community. We also try to bridge the gap between the faculty and students, and communicate the needs of students to their professors. With everything being online this year, we were able to expand our community internationally, 
and have been so lucky to have guests from all over the world attend our events. This new international spirit for Class U means that we can expand our outreach to people we might otherwise never have interacted with and make connections between budding classicists of every experience level who might otherwise never have been able to share a real community. This is important because the classics community can be extremely insular and inaccessible, and it's important to us that everyone should be able to partake in this field who wants to, something that is not quite possible yet but which we hope to do our part about. For example, there are real geographical and economic difficulties that still prevent a lot of people from being able to access a formal classical education. I know for me personally, the only reason I was able to get involved in classics was because I went to a high school that offered Latin, and my high school is in a good neighborhood and in a well-funded school board. I don't know if I would have studied classics otherwise, and our mission at Class U is to make sure that everyone can have the opportunity to have classics in their lives, and, more importantly, know that they are not only able, but welcome, wanted, and represented here, especially in a field like classics, which has been historically and still is dominated by straight, white, wealthy men. With this mission in mind, we here at Class U are so, so proud to be unfucking classics with our Ceremal Vulgaris podcast initiative. Now entering our second season and having garnered so many listeners all over the world, I am so excited to oversee a project that is making content enjoyable by people with a wide range of experiences and bringing to light real ethical issues in the field right now that might otherwise not be common knowledge. With that being said, I'm so excited to see what this podcast does in its second season. Happy listening, everyone. Thank you, Madam President. Now, with such an inspiring message of accessibility and representation laid out for us, let's get into what this season's going to be all about. So, since it's just me this summer, we'll be sticking to the theme of special topics, which is going to be more or less a hodgepodge melange of fun, sexy, or important topics in classical antiquity, which I have hand-curated to really spotlight some of the most interesting stuff I think is coming out of the field right now. The planned content touches on such riveting areas as classical reception and internet history, post-colonialism, anthropomorphism, and so much more, which will hopefully be supplemented with a couple of guest appearances by any other classicists willing to debase themselves by coming onto this weird little podcast and in so doing change the trajectory of my life forever. So, no sweat or anything. <laughs> Even better you! We'll be able to vote on two topics that will be made into real episodes later this summer. Starting in June, I'll be setting up a page on our Ceremal Vulgaris Squarespace website where you can write in what kind of classical topics you want me to talk about. And I'll be compiling the most popular ideas into an official poll and selecting the eventual winner and runner-up. I plan to keep the winners a surprise until their episode comes out, so you'll have the incentive to stay on your toes and ponder all night about what kind of weird-ass shit your fellow listeners might be voting for. Our final piece of news before I get into the good stuff. This season, we'll also see the retaining of our beloved What's Going On in Classics Twitter, a little segment we do at the beginning of every episode to catch you up on current events in the most incurrent discipline there is. And don't you fret, there is a lot to catch you up on because the only thing this field loves more than visiting Italy is doing problematic shit. Seriously. I don't understand how there's constantly either, like, someone stealing artifacts or sending, like, racist mass emails to all of their colleagues. But it keeps fucking happening, and I will not stop talking about it until they stop. 
Speaking of stealing artifacts, let's wrap up the info portion of this episode and end things off with this week's What's Going On on Classics Twitter. A little segment we do. <laughs> okay, you get the picture. So, today's news is a little bit late, about half a year late to be exact, but I think it's still incredibly important to point out. In late January, the Braille Publishing Company, which publishes a lot of academic works, released a new statement in their editorial handbook on unprovenanced ancient artifacts. It reads, <clears throat> When presenting ancient artifacts, especially but not necessarily for the first time, authors publishing with Brill are required to follow the relevant society policies of their field, including but not limited to those of ASOR, SBL, AIA, and SCS concerning provenance and authenticity. Such artifacts include, but are not limited to, ancient texts such as papyri, inscriptions, cuneiform tablets, and codices. I know this probably sounds like a bunch of technobabble if you're not familiar with archaeology, but it's really important and let me explain why. So the term provenance is pretty self-explanatory. Where is an object from? This itself can mean a lot of things, given how objects usually change location and ownership many times over its lifespan, but for archaeologists it usually means the find spot, or where exactly they found it. Provenance isn't just important for learning the context of the object, but also for determining what modern entities have ownership or authority over an item. What country is it from? Whose property was it on? Is anyone still using it? What Brill is asking is that archaeologists don't publish shit that doesn't conform to the specific regulations put forward by the respective authorities in their field on being transparent about the provenance of these objects. And you'd think that'd be pretty easy, right? You'd think it'd be pretty easy for people to do that? You know, like, not lie? No! Brill added this in the manual for a reason. And that reason is probably a guy named Dirk Obink, and oh my god, I'm obsessed with him. There's just so much going on with this guy, and I'm gonna attempt to provide, like, a brief explanation of what happened. It will not be very thorough. There's better explanations, but wow, I just need this to be out in the world right now. So, let's get into it. Um, basically, this professor, Dirk Obink, was working on the Egyptian site of Oxyrhynchus. It's known for naturally preserving a lot of ancient papyri, and while he was working there, he decided to, uh, sell the artifacts. <laughs> So in 2019, this other professor, Michael Holmes, comes out with the receipts alleging that Obink had signed a contract with the Museum of the Bible in D.C. to sell a collection of papyri that he had worked on, including one especially controversial papyrus that had been alleged by some to be the earliest surviving Christian text we have. He did not own these papyri, which legally belonged to the Egypt Exploration Society and were very much not for sale, and that year... This other guy named Jerry Pattengale wrote an article in Christianity Today that basically provided the details. He had been in the room when Obink was signing the contract, and apparently Obink had essentially duped everyone into thinking he was the legal owner of the artifacts until Pattengale realized at a gala dinner in 2017 that, wait, no, that's not right. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Somehow it took two more years 
for what had already been like a popular rumor in the Bible studies community for years to come to a head, and the Egypt Exploration Society finally asked that the artifacts be returned to their headquarters at Oxford University, and an investigation started against Obink later that year which later revealed that not only had he illegally sold 13 papyri to this museum, but that he had additionally sold at least six more to this random guy in California. And a whopping 120 artifacts were actually missing from the Oxyrhynchus collection as a whole. Um, Ovink still somehow denies this, despite how many people are now speaking out who were in the room where it happened, and can all corroborate their stories. It's just it's it's just insane. Uh, he's been arrested now, and he won't work again for a very long time. But holy shit, man! And you want to know what the kicker is? Do you want to know? <laughs> the thirteen he sold to the museum were purchased by Hobby Lobby. Hobby fucking Lobby. Did you know this? Did you know that Hobby Lobby, the American fundamentalist arts and crafts chain, owns the Museum of the Bible and purchases illegal artifacts? And did you know that this isn't even the first time Hobby Lobby has done shit like this? In 2018, they had to return 5,500 artifacts that had been smuggled out of Iraq by claiming the clay tablets were quote-unquote tile samples at customs. And in 2020, it turned out that they had faked the Dead Sea Scroll fragments they were displaying in their museum. They have a long history of smuggling, of fakes, and all other kinds of completely unethical archaeological practices, and that's already on top of the normal kind of problematic stuff their company has done over the years. And that really leads me to conclude that Hobby Lobby is a criminal organization. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this to people. <laughs> so yeah, uh, good on Brill for releasing these new guidelines. Uh, they probably won't do anything though, because corruption in this field and in archaeology in general runs very deep and necessitates a whole episode, if not a whole season, just to talk about how many ethical issues and also just straight up crimes there are every day in this stupid field. Also, don't trust the high-profile art world. Um, I hate to be pr I hate to be reductive, but it's at least like fifty percent rich people with hide-the-body type money using art transactions to do shady shit. So yeah, be careful out there. And if you happen to be a two thousand-year-old papyrus, uh, don't let any old guys sell you to a Bible museum on the black market or anything. Okay, stay Gucci out there. Anyways, that's all for episode 0 of Sermo Vulgaris Season 2. Next time you hear from me, we'll be balls deep in a full-length informative episode about the intersections between classics, post-colonialism, and shitty fanfiction. In the meantime, you can check us out and watch the previous season of Sermo Vulgaris on our website, sermovulgaris.squarespace.com, that's sermovulgaris.squarespace.com, as well as on YouTube, Spotify, and Anchor as Sermo Vulgaris. You can also find us on Twitter at Vulgaris Sermo because some random band got to Sermo Vulgaris before we did. And yeah, that's everything. Stay safe, keep learning, and unfuck classics. <laughs>